Ba-da-ba-ba. Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, the only podcast where every week is a brand new concept. I'm going to go right into it today as a lifelong fan of action figures, particularly wrestling action figures. I am so delighted to have on the podcast today Jack Slime of Figure Collections. If you have ever been interested in the making of an action figure line, you're going to enjoy today's episode. Once again, huge shout out to our biggest fan, Brennan. If you would like to be our biggest fan, send us a message on Instagram and use the term bone crushing. And with that said, let's say hello to Mr. Jack Slime. The official WWF action figures. You ready to crunch somebody's bones? I knew that you were. How's it going, Benza? You little punk. Hey, wait just a minute. Oh, no. King of the Iron Rungs featuring Stone Cold 316 only at Target. Because Stone Cold said so. Over the last several years, we have seen an evolution in the role of action figures on the public conscious. What was once relegated to attention grabbers for children decades prior has since evolved as those same children have grown up. Cheap Masters of the Universe figures from decades ago are now being remade as premium collectibles with extreme detail and articulation. In the wrestling world, the revival of the 1990s Hasbro WWF e-figure line has been firing on all cylinders across multiple companies, including Mattel's own licensed WWE line, Zombie Sailor's Heels and Faces line, and of course, Chella Toys' Retro Waves. Our guest today is leading the charge on the first retro revival of the late 90s bone-crunching action WWF figure line from Jack's Pacific, which was, at the time, one of, if not the first, mass-produced wrestling figure line that promoted playability over gimmickry. Working with Chella Toys, this first wave will see the release of Ultimo Dragon and Sonny Ono, Dwayne Gill, FKA Gilberg, Adam Baum, and already up for pre-order, The Blue Meanie. We invite to fourth times the charm, the brainchild of 2022's bone-crushing wrestlers, the owner of Figure Collections, Mr. Jack Slime. Welcome to the podcast. I asked you this about 20 seconds ago before we started recording, but uh, now that it's official, how are you? Hey, I'm still good, and it's good <laughs> to be here. Good to be chatting with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I I grew up on the bone crunching action figure line. Uh, and so once I started seeing the Hasbro revival over the last five years, I, I was just sort of hollow inside uh, because I never grew up with those. So like they mean nothing to me. And so sure. when Chella and you first announced this partnership to bring the bone crushing wrestler line into reality, it, it felt like something that that we weren't going to get, if not, you know, maybe five years down the line. And here we are in 2022 with the first one already up for pre-order. How has the whole experience been for you? Uh, it's been a dream come true. I think that's about the only way I can put it. And I've, I've uh, said it over several platforms and on all of our social medias. I feel like I've uh, I just I've entered into an alternate alternate dimension where uh, I 
I get to do like something I've always dreamed about. Like, I don't know about you guys, but uh, for me, I would always have like a reoccurring dream when I was a child or not a child, but like a teenager where uh, I'd be going into a Toys R Us or a toy store and I would encounter some new bone crunching style figures. Uh, this would have been long after they would have, you know, been at retail. So this is like, you know, and now here we are and I'm uh, the one, you know, uh, well, not just me, but my team of people are leading the charge as far as uh, getting these kind of back in the hands of people um, and part of their collection. So it's it's a lot of fun. And yeah, it's, I, it's... I was just going to say, Ben, like you mentioned like that dreaming moment. And, and for us, Ben and I, before we even started this podcast, said our, our success is when there's action figures of us. Yes. Like if someone if, if someone else made it or someone was willing to buy one of us, like that's like our like pinnacle. And so like the this desire to pursue that, I can it, it makes so much sense. But so you, you said you started kind of visualizing this as a teenager. When did you commit? Like when was the moment when you were like, this is what I'm going to invest in my time and my money, my, you know, my future, like doing this, this project. Uh, well, I've actually kind of been a part of the toy community uh, since, you know, I was a teenager as well. Mm -hmm. um, I got my start uh, when I, I guess I sold my own collection or part of it anyways, uh, as a teenager on eBay and then it kind of snowballed from there uh into like a retail store and several other platforms and things we're doing so um in addition to that you know now we're doing the bone crushers and uh uh just getting that whole thing started uh, it's it's been it's been a wild ride uh, just in the like last year where it's all kind of been piecing together um I reached out to uh, a toy company, Cello Toys, and um, I was already working with them uh, mm -hmm. in regards to uh, selling the retro Mega Stars. And uh, I kind of came to them with the idea and they loved it. And uh, from there, uh, I, I've just been outreaching to wrestlers and uh, just pitching and i've i've said before as well i think the worst thing that can happen is somebody says no or ignores you so uh i'm not afraid to ask anybody uh you know in regards to the toy line so i i think you're selling yourself a bit short actually for your pre uh bone crushing figure days i feel like even to this day figure collections is probably the biggest resource of quality action figure photos on the internet you're you you have your signature backdrop which while i was growing up looking at figures online it seemed like every single one of them had the same fc background amazing and and, and so i how did how did you growing up how did you sort of get into figures and uh what, what were your favorite toys growing up was it bone crunchers uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my the first toy uh, line that I have like a specific memory of collecting on my own would have been the Mortal Kombat GI Joe line by Hasbro. Oh yeah, yeah. which I think would have been like ninety four, ninety five, if my timeline serves. And uh, from there, I started to discover wrestling through the uh, WWF video games on Super Nintendo. Uh, Raw is War, I yeah. think it was called that, and then. Uh, Royal Rumble is the other one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were a blast too. So 
then I found, um, I think it was the cover of um, WWF magazine that had uh, Bret Hart and Bart Simpson on the cover. Yes. If you're familiar oh, with yeah. that one. Yeah. That one drew me in because I was already a Simpsons fan and I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I already sort of like wrestling. I remember Bret Hart from the video games uh, and it, it just turned into me taping every uh, WWF and WCW show on Mondays and eventually Thursdays too. I was, I was pretty hooked. I would have been about 10 years old at that point. Were, were um, you a, a WCW guy or a WWF guy? I was mostly a WWF guy. However, I they had that whole thing where you could record the shows or not yeah. record the shows, but like they would air WCW afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, at least in our market, they did. And then I also had like a VCR thing too, where I could just watch it on cable and then somehow like do that thing where you record it on your VCR on a separate channel. I don't remember right. how all that stuff really works now, but yeah, the art uh, of DVR is lost to modern man. <laughs> Yeah, the stuff we had to do to watch and then all the tape trading stuff that used to go on back in the days. It's 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 great that we don't have to deal with that anymore, but it is it is a lost art. I, I will say as a as a quick tangent, that it, it that for me as a music collector, that whole tape trading thing is still there, but for like really weird metal. And it's it's hilarious okay. <laughs> how much it still it still exists in like really niche weird worlds. It's funny. Yeah, there's there's some crossover for sure on that. Yeah. So how did the figure collections brand come about? Did you just have a bunch of figures and you were one day like, I, I don't know what to do with all these? Uh, well, actually, the at least the name figure collections, that came about um, when my business partner now, his name is Josh. He started the website figurecollections.com. Um, he's the one who kind of coded all that uh and did all the back end stuff he created the database so he's actually the one that we all have to thank for that uh and then as far as the content i was already doing the ebay store Mm -hmm. uh it was called something else before it was called figure collections i don't remember what it was but uh so when he started that um i just rebranded the ebay store to figure collections then we did all the logos and um the logos changed over time too um i'm sure you've noticed but it's always been called figure collections uh since 2007 so how 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 has ebay selling evolved in that time frame yeah i can't imagine ebay in like 2005 it's it's way way different it was a much smaller community i think is the best way to put it um at least as far as the the selling pool goes Mm -hmm. like there was only a handful of uh, wrestling figure sellers back in like 2005 to 2008. Um, those are my golden years. <laughs> uh, that was like when I was like 15 to 18 years old, still kind of figuring out what I was doing. And um, it was a lot of fun back then. But yeah, there was there was only a handful of people and um, just trying to get inventory back then. It was just like through message boards and uh going to like toys r us and hoping to find good stuff on clearance and you know flea markets and whatnot but one of my changed well no i was i was just gonna say one of my favorite things about the figure collecting community is it seems like so many staples now of the figure community is made up of people who started out selling things and opening up stores when they were in their teenage years like um like the guy who runs ringside collectibles which right now is one of the biggest figure sellers in in the country 
you know, they started out when the guy was what I think it was like 14 years old or something. And now he has warehouses full of action figures and they need a segue to get around the warehouse just to get to everything. Yeah, I'm really happy for those guys. It, it is kind of funny because I, I do have a memory of when I was maybe like 16 or 17 being like, hey, how do I like eventually work for you guys? <laughs> and I was, uh, I think it was maybe on like Instant Messenger with like John. I don't even remember how I got his like contact info back then, but I had it and I was reaching out to him about all that. And I asked him, and he was like, oh, you have to go to business school you got to get your mba and all this stuff and i was like okay sure and then i yeah. i went to school for uh for business at iepy and i was going to go through the kelly school business and wow. i was like halfway through and i was kind of realizing that all these people were there like trying to figure out what i was already doing on the side so rather right. than completing college like most rational people would do, I dropped out of college to start uh, doing FC full-time, basically, uh, the eBay store. And I was also trying to do like a web store that didn't quite take off back then. Now we have a, a new one that has been doing pretty well, and I'm super stoked about that. But it's just, uh, you know, testing testing things out and seeing what works. It's it's touch and go, but I'm I'm still grateful that I that I made the decision to drop out of college and mm -hmm. didn't pursue the route of uh, working at ringside. No offense to them mm -hmm. again, still, still love what they're doing, but you I, have your own I, ringside I, now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your your I mean, passion is, is the thing that's going to pull you forward forever. And you're so, a lot of people I think are afraid to do what you did, but clearly it's like one of those things like you went in, you knew, you knew the game before they were trying to teach it to you. And then it's like, it's like at that point you're like, I can play this game. You're just teaching me what I know. And you took that plunge. Yeah, and at this point, it's it's very, very difficult to think about what it would be to work for somebody else. Uh, just because I've done this for so long at this point. Like, I've, I've done figure collections full-time since 2010. Like, I haven't had any other jobs. So, uh, it's it's been great. And now we also have, like, the YouTube channel, too, that's been growing. And uh, people are finding us on social media, thanks to the Bone Crusher line and um sky's the limit now so we're just kind of riding it out and hopefully have some really cool stuff down the pipeline so so let, let's get into brass tacks here on the bone crushing figure line how did you first get into contact with cella and and how did this ball get rolling i know you've i know you've said this before but i appreciate the story that comes with it oh yeah no problem uh so at around the time when uh, Cello was selling the Nick Aldis figure, uh, I reached out because I noticed their U.S. distribution wasn't um, quite as strong as it could be. Uh, they seemed to have really great presence over in the U.K. And I uh, was just trying to see what we could do for them. And it seemed like it would be a good fit. Uh, and he agreed, uh, Charles over at uh, Cello. And... Um, He's just been a real pleasure to work with as far as uh, just like, hey, how, how would you feel about this? And the answer is usually yes or, hey, I was already thinking about that, too. So um, it makes it makes it a very easy working partnership um, where we all have the same goals in mind. So and you can't really ask for anything else when you're working with a team of people. It was just a cold call email, right, that got this whole ball rolling. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's why like, I like always said the worst thing gotta... you can do is say no. <laughs> right. Exactly. You'll either so, get ignored or they'll tell you no. So just ask. Yeah. 
So in our first series, we have five of the six wrestlers currently announced. Um, I, how did how are these wrestlers chosen? Was it more of a cella showing like, hey, here's who we have available, or were there certain guys that you specifically wanted for this line? Because I know uh, you've said before with the bone crushing line, you want at least the first few series of figures to represent characters that could have belonged in the original bone crunching line in the late nineties. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, kind of anybody in that time frame. I'm we're, we're looking at like 19, you know, 94, 95 to like 2001, 2002, um, little grace periods in there, depending on who it is. Uh, that's kind of like the time frame we're all just kind of looking at. And uh, when you have a series one of a revival line, you want to go with the people who uh, should have been considered and weren't. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Blue Meanie and Brian Clark were obvious choices because of they they already had working relationships with uh, Cella Toys. And uh, but I didn't want to just like completely go the route of like, let's just only do people that Cella Toys already has relationships with. Right. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, I started to reach out on my own to uh, just, you know, whoever I thought would uh, entertain the offer. And, you know, again, doesn't hurt to just reach out and see what happens. And uh, that's what I did. Uh, and I reached out to Sonny Ono and uh, got the ball rolling with all that. And uh, Dwayne Gill as well. And then um, we still have one more that we haven't announced yet for our series one. And at this point, um, a little exclusive basically all of series two is uh locked in as oh, far wow. as their, as far as their agreements go so um can't say who or anything but that's pretty exciting for us just to know that we have that security as far as the talent go and um everybody in you know series one series two i think everybody's going to be as far as collectors go like no matter what era you're yeah, a fan of you're probably going to turn your head at this and be like what the heck they they got that well it's important too for you know i i feel like series i feel like one series on its own a lot of people can be like okay well like i'll get it eventually but i want to see how long this goes i feel like once you get to two series in i like that's a commitment and that you know that's 12 figures so that's a full collection within itself so that's awesome news to hear that you guys have already locked in uh series two ben and i are going to be theory that, crafting <laughs> trying to get I trying to see if we can figure out the lineup it's not 12 figures it's actually 14 figures wow. the, first, the first series is six as uh as you know the four individuals and then the one two pack but then series two is actually six figures and then one two pack Wow. Six okay. individual figures. So I'm, so I'm very eight, excited. Eight so I, I'll show my hand. I'm most excited about the uh, two pack in series one, which is Ultimo Dragon and the first ever Sonny Ono figure. And, and I think what's so great about it is that, you know, I feel like someone like Gilberg, you have the idea of there's a chance somebody could make this someday. I don't think anyone in their wildest minds thought that, a Sonny Ono figure in 2022 was going to happen. How I, I feel like that's the biggest one that's been released so far in terms of how did that possibly come about? Uh, well, actually um, 
some you know like on facebook it'll show you like suggested people that maybe you should get in contact with or whatever it is yeah, i don't know like, it's like I don't you, know what all you, that's you, about you share contacts with we recommend it's the algorithm I, digging into I our had souls that with sunny i had that with sunny ono several years ago so i've actually been friends with him for a long time uh so i think that kind of helped get get me in the door with with reaching out because it wasn't just like uh in that spam folder or whatever mm -hmm. um so that that actually worked out, and then um, I can't recall how how all the other ones have kind of I've I've been in contact with so many people now at this point, mm -hmm. um, but uh, that's how, that's how Sonny Ono came about, and he's he's been really fun to chat with too because he he hasn't had a toy, he knows he hasn't had a toy, he should have had a toy, mm -hmm. um, and it just never happened for whatever reason. So and then Ultimo Dragon also in that time period he. He never, he didn't have a time or a figure really, you know, like a North American released mm -hmm. figure, uh, what until 2002, I think, I think, I think 2004 was his first figure, but even, even go. that didn't have like his full deco and, and all the stuff he's known for. Whereas this is actually full on Ultimo dragon and all of his glory late nineties, badass. Yeah, that's right. With the with the chest plate, that's what we were kind of. I don't know if it's a plate, but just that like little resemblance of a plate um, right. on the toy uh, was important to us. And then having um, uh, just kind of like the tribute style. Uh, you know, if if anyone was a collector back then, they they could probably see some similarities between the Ultimo Dragon and like the Ken Shamrock figure from back in the day. Um, so. Uh, we want these to be a complete tribute to the line too, not just uh, like wow characters, but you know, like, wow, they really went with the design that we used to love too. Um, while still kind of incorporating some new ideas. I don't want to, it's not, it won't be carbon copies uh, of the old stuff. Uh, it couldn't be. Um, and we wouldn't want it to be. So, uh, but with that in mind, uh, it'll still be kind of a tribute and you'll still kind of, you'll still kind of get those nostalgic vibes for, for what you see, I think. Yeah. So I, oh, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say that those nostalgic vibes are something that I think Ben and I kind of connect over to. It's, it's that it's the execution of that. And the way you described it, where it's, we want to pay as much love to what we are referencing here without doing the exact same thing, but doing it in a way where we're making what we love about it about it like ben and i watched a movie not too long ago which is a remake of the original nosferatu and it's like a nearly shot for shot remake but it's so much love and reverence for the original piece it's like absolutely captivating and like i that kind of essence with figures is such a cool thing about i think the modern figure community especially when it's getting so popular and so widespread yeah, it's uh I think a tribute line too uh for for these has been long overdue. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I think it's it's something people have always talked about but just never thought it'd be feasible for just so many many reasons and uh we're we're just crazy enough to give it a try too, so that helps. What what are um, some of those things that make it so hard? Uh as far as the difficulties that come uh the production is is probably um the the most challenging part just the expense that comes with it um mm -hmm. 
because you're not when you're dealing with the factories you're not just like paying for the toy figures that you know get produced or like the packaging or the shipping you're also paying for the molds uh that mm. toys need to be like you know injected into or however you describe yeah. it um so that's that's uh that part in itself is is the most uh expensive um and uh when you're doing a whole series uh all those things add up pretty yeah. quickly so you have to get creative as far as like oh well if you're going to use this for series one how can you maybe get some more use out of it for series two Right. Uh, just to give the line uh, longevity and, you know, hopefully make some of your money back because uh, <laughs> I think I've kind of been upfront about this too. Uh, we're, we're going in at this at the hope that we break even with series one, just because of like the amount of sheer expense that goes into it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we will, especially uh, I, I'm going to keep my, I'm going to play my cards close to my chest, but the last person for series one, uh, I think is like, it's, it'll melt people's heads. So, um, you know, with that, with that in mind, I think that'll kind of tell people like, okay, they're serious about what they're doing. It's not just going to be like, um, you know, the people who could have theoretically like won the European title or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's going to be like some, some big heavy hitters. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, without it's someone that gets their own attention, even, yeah, like the figure itself is like, Ooh, yeah, exactly. Grab. <laughs> yeah. It, and, uh, it's important too. Like there's just, there's a lot of gaps of like, um, of names and characters and personalities of people that should have been like, uh, made in figure form in the nineties and early two thousands that just didn't get the chance for whatever reason. Uh, I feel like those people still get overlooked to this day uh, just because they don't have like a working relationship with like a professional wrestling company mm -hmm. um, to get included in their toy line, which, which is a shame for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And uh, uh, I still think they're just as deserving um, and they still deserve their spot in history. So this is kind of a way to honor them in that way. So uh, one question I do have, uh, is that leading up to the first pre-order of the Blue Mini, you were very vocal about making changes based on fan feedback. Uh, you changed the color of Blue Mini's shirt uh, to reflect his appearance at WrestleMania 15. Uh, you actually delayed the pre-orders for Adam Bomb to slightly revise his lower body. How has that balancing act been between trying to listen to fan feedback create an ode to the original bone crunchers and also create something that stands on its own as a collectible because as much as you and i both love the bone crunchers unlike the bone crushers they were generally known for being much cheaper figures whereas these are a lot higher quality how is how has that balance been uh well it's been a challenge to uh control from like a cost perspective um i was pretty upfront about it uh in a thread online that got shared but uh basically the price point we were looking at initially was 45 dollars with free shipping mm -hmm. and um a lot of people groaned at that rightfully so uh so we we did what we could um again without cutting any corners um to get the price down lower and we got it to 40 with free shipping and uh, there's also a lot of discount codes that uh, are shared with our 
uh, web stores, uh, the figure collections shop and uh, Cella's uh, web shop. Uh, so if you know those discount codes, you can get the figures for even cheaper than $40 free shipping. So um, I personally, I think that's uh, a great deal for something that's uh, yeah. um, we're only making like one to 2000 of these per character um so with that in mind that's that's as limited as like something you'd see at like a comic con exclusive yeah exactly and uh those those are priced generally like 40 dollars or higher well now, again, not only the... that but unlike the most of the hasbro revival figures where outside of the wwe ones who are able to mass produce they don't have their original functions these bone crushing wrestlers have the actual crushing slash crunching function that was in the original figures, which that attention to detail is absurd to me. Yeah, these are actually, um, uh, dare I say, more, um, well, they, they crunch more, they crush more than uh, the original. Well, well no, ones the did, old so. ones crunched. These do it so much, they crush. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's just too much crushing going on. Um but that that uh, that alone was a very expensive development. Mm -hmm. It wasn't um, just like the molding process because um, you have to get that designed inside the figure and then you have to get prototypes made with that designed inside the figure to know how, you know, um, the factory needs to produce it. So and clearly not everyone was doing it. So like it, you had to really put a like yeah, no, this... unique energy into it. Yeah, it wasn't being done, as far as I'm aware of, by any toy company currently or in the last 20 years. So um, not not si never before, never since. First time, yeah. only time. BC. Hey, it's, it's like you're not only revitalizing the, this this line of toys, but like this technology, this like type of toy, this type of collectible is unique in its in its presentation because of you reviving this this technology, this this feature from the past which is really fat which is really cool especially like even out like beyond just the the coolness of getting these wrestlers and getting them the figures that they deserve to have in a way that is so full of passion but it's also bringing back this like aspect of toy of these collectibles and these figures yeah it's been really fun to get a lot of the feedback from that too uh that particular aspect of the design yeah um because when a lot of people were kids playing <clears throat> excuse me when a lot of people were kids playing with these toys they didn't uh necessarily care about that particular feature it was all about just like the motions and the way the toys moved and just like the rubbery feel or um you know those particular elements and uh uh for whatever reason i think a lot of that stuff gets lost these days um but yeah, it's been fun to hear the feedback. And some people even now, like they're, they're just like, yeah, that's cool that it does it. But I'm more interested because it'll look like stuff that I used to have when I was a kid. <laughs> right. But, um, so for those people, great. Uh, yeah. It'll just have that little extra feature. You have a big 2022 planned. Uh, what is, and I know that they're still being produced, but as a general idea for the timetable of series one, how should people expect them to come out? Is the goal to have all six out by the end of 2022? I think that's that's more than fair. I think by the end of 2022, uh, everybody will see series one. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, by the end of 2022, our goal is to uh, at least be gearing towards series two. 
um, in the future. Uh, I'll just say I, I've noticed a lot of um, independent toy brands uh, heavily promote what they have going on in the future. And there's a good reason for that. Um, a lot of companies need to rely on the pre-orders to be able to fund making the figures, um, which makes total sense. Not a bad idea. Uh, but in the future, as far as the bone uh, crushing line goes, I would like to be as hush as possible. Um, because I think one of the fun things when you're a kid or when you were collecting back in the day before the internet was so rampant, when you go to a toy store, you didn't know what you were going to find. Yeah. Right. And if, if I can somehow recreate that by just doing a surprise drop for series two, yeah. then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, now with that, uh, that will require a lot of teamwork, uh, a lot of people who are going to stay hush about it. Uh, then, of course, a lot of funds, because then we're basically getting all of Series 2 produced before anybody knows about it. Um, so these, this isn't set in stone or anything. This is just kind of like my thinking or uh, just kind of how I might want to approach things going forward just because uh, I think it'll be more fun for you as a collector, everybody as a collector, yeah. um, just to have maybe somebody wander onto our website and be like, what the heck, there's Series 2 on there? Yeah, right. So. When would you like to have the Blue Meanie figure out? Uh, so I'm thinking for Blue Meanie, he's more than likely going to be out by July. Okay. Uh, if it ends up being before that, then that will be fantastic. And I will get it to everybody before that. Uh, but as a just a, our thought is July, and um, yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna work to get it out before that. But if it doesn't happen, I at least want to have July as something in your in the back of everybody's minds. Now, looking to the future, have you thought at all about potential accessories for the line? Because one of the things Bone Crunchers were known for where they're wild and wacky accessories that might be a little too much but one of the things we haven't seen these retro revivals do a lot of is uh is recreate any of the rings so is is that something that maybe someday we could see or do you want to focus more on the figures i think uh doing accessories is a great idea for especially with uh, this style of figure mm -hmm. Um, you'll notice with Brian Clark, he does have the, um, goggles, his atomic goggles with him. Um, and I think as far as like accessories go, um, and then we also have a Sonny Ono, we'll have a camera. Right. Um, I'm working to do what we can to get the camera to be a classic camera rather than like a more modern camera. Uh, that was important to him and it's understandable why because you know nobody had a digital camera in the late 90s so um, and then as far as other accessories go uh, I I want to explore that more um, but as far as rings go there's just that would be a ton of extra costs yeah. where we could be putting that money towards say like signing other talent um, that sort of thing uh, so that would be my priority um, as far as, you know, us being an independent toy brand, we don't have unlimited funds. Uh, so I would like to see that money personally go towards, you know, signing our talent. Um, but uh, other accessories, that's not impossible. Stuff that's... that um, 
That's probably is the it? right answer. That's why I don't run a, a, a wrestling figure company. In yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a great chance if Ben and I ever tried to make figures, there'd be a conversation like, okay, can we make the podcasting set? Like, like, can, can you, like, reproduce my, like, my, my L.A. apartment and Matt's Chicago house? And, like, so I can put the figures where they're supposed to go. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, we would we would lose a lot of money. So, <laughs> so the, yeah, you're 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 better than we are on this. Um, That's why we haven't made a movie. Because if we made a movie, like it, like I'd end up crashing a car for the thing and be like, oh, I gotta pay for the car. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I guess to encapsulate everything, and, and we've touched on this a lot already. But if you had like a like a singular mission statement for the entirety of the bone crushing line. And what you want it to be, ideally, like what what would that be? Um, ideally, uh, simply put, it's going to be a tribute to the '90s. Uh, I, being someone who grew up in that era, uh, I don't think you can have too many tributes. I know some people get a little tired of the nostalgia. I'm not one of those people. Um, nostalgia is my job, pretty much. Yeah. I live it every day. I'm around toys that are like. 30 years old sometimes older um and i love it like there's not a day that goes by where i'm like upset that i have to go to work like i i love every part about it and i'm excited to make the uh, bone crushing line part of uh, my daily work um and i already kind of have been in a lot of ways uh so I think simply put yeah just uh, that it's going to be a tribute to the 90s my my one big hope coming out of this and i i don't know what's going to happen with but my dream is that i'm going to get one of these bone crushers i'm going to open it and it will have the same new figure smell that those figures (laughs) had like 25 (laughs) years ago that's fingers crossed i will tell you that is also one of my goals uh it's important to me i even did an unboxing video on the youtube channel Mm -hmm. for figure collections where uh i got a good whiff of the toy just because like that's one to. of those things that i have a very specific memory of I, I, i'm I, hoping we can get that too it, it's one of those things where where anyone who didn't experience it is like what is wrong with you people you're you're smelling your toy but it's like if you know you know oh, I it's re- a drug i will never forget the smell of two things from my childhood it's the smell of blockbuster and like sitting in the vhx section and just like the like the smell of like that and the smell of the 7-Eleven, which happened to be next door to the Blockbuster, but it's where I would buy Mad Magazine and WWE magazines, WF magazines when I was a kid after going to Blockbuster. And I just like, it's like the scent of those places is so ingrained in me. It's like, I could, you could like throw that at me when I'm like 80 years old and I'll be like, I want a Slurpee. <laughs> I feel you there. I'm that way about the bowling alley. Okay. Mm, yeah. That's like a good when I one. walk into the bowling alley, it's like, yes, I'm at home. Yeah. I, like I don't know that. why I feel that way, but that's how I feel. <laughs> it's like there's there's those memories. They're like golden memories attached to these these places and these environments that our brains just like this is my safe place. Like this is this is what gives you those dreams. Like you have like those moments are so solidified in your mind. Your brain can't help think about it any day of the week to the point where you're dreaming about it. Absolutely. I got two more questions for you, and then we'll let you go. Sure. Question number one, when are we going to hear 
who the sixth and final person in the line is in series one. Oh boy. Uh, I want to give you an exact date, but I worry that my partners will kill me. Okay. <laughs> uh, stay, stay tuned on that one. Um, okay. I trust me. It, it's, it's, uh, it's killing me to keep it inside. Um, and but also I will say one of the advantages too of of not revealing all of your uh, you know your secrets is if you need to make any adjustments you can make adjustments and nobody will ever know um, and if things turn out for the better then that's what happens and everybody will be happy. There and we then, go. And, and then when those future announcements are coming, Ben and I can get you back and we can tease exactly. the rest of the world. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, my final question, we're going to bring it back. What is your favorite bone cruncher and what is your least favorite bone cruncher? Oh, man. I think that's, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, so I've, I'm on the record as saying probably Series 2 Bret Hart is my favorite. But for today, I'm going to revise that answer just to give you something fresh and say my favorite is Ultimate Warrior from the Survivor Series Ooh. box set, the one in green. That's a good one. Yeah, based on the uh, In Your House video game. Exactly. I've got a lot of fun uh, memories of that toy. Um, and then as far as your answer, or your question on what is the worst one, at least in my opinion, I think the very, very worst one um, was probably Steve Austin from the Best of 1998 slash Livewire series. Is that the one with the gargoyle face? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was. I think it was. It might have even been the stomp figurehead. Yes, um, the one they used for underwater siege or whatever yeah. they called it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if stomp really counts as bone crunchers or not. But if it did, mine would be the stomp to Austin. Because when you take all the gear off, I mean the the gear he's wearing is bizarre. Oh, and yeah. just, Matt, you should look up Stomp to Steve Austin. Just look at the head. It looks like the Crypt Keeper. I don't, I don't know what, what was going on there. I, I mean, I've, uh, like, I've, I, I think it was after Terry Latimer was off the line, which, which I, I'm I'll, afraid, I'm afraid this might have been one of his. I don't really? know that I've ever asked him. I don't. I don't know if I want to know the answer. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be. I'd be too afraid to. He has an eBay store. Very nice man. Okay. Yeah, I, I've bought a few. I thought I bought a few prototypes off of him. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe 2012 or 2013, and I still have two of them to this day. Which Which ones um, are they? They're the Bret Hart and Undertaker molds from Series One. That's awesome. Oh, I have that's sweet. So I have the, I got from Terry, I got the uh, Bloodlines Undertaker okay. uh, prototype, which was up like a year or two ago. And then I got a, uh, from someone else, I got a hard copy prototype of the Goldust from Series 1. Yeah, Series 1 People Unite. My favorite would probably be the Series 1 Razor. I, that was the one I let go to help oh, fund yeah? a, a pet surgery. That's wow. right. Yeah, I think we messaged yeah. about that back then. Yeah, we did. You're very yep. kind about that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I One day I will have enough money to afford that. <laughs> I, I've, yes. I've had to sell magic cards for like the same reason. It's like yeah. I just happen to have this and it's, well, well you got to do what you got to do. It, yeah, no, nice nothing, is, nothing is more important than family, though, and pets count for that so 
Razor went to a good place for a good cause. Always. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the surgery was very expensive, but I say anything under five million for my cat was yep. a pretty good deal. Yeah, I... cats are are great. Cats are just like cranky roommates that speak another language, and that's why I love them. Yeah, and I and I have a hundred and thirty pound dog that I would sell my soul to for, like, cause he's like he's a he's like a giant teenager who just lives in my house but loves me more than a teenager could. <laughs> And I would go to the ends of the earth for that thing. I like, yeah, we've, it's worth it it's for like Ben said, it's for family and it's for, it's for the support of those things that you're going to remember forever. Just like these figures, just like what we do here at the podcast. It's to help people remember those things that should be remembered forever. Exactly. And do anything for these animals. I got a couple dogs too. So I feel you there. Well, Jack, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, let everyone know how they can uh, follow you, support you, and all your things, and where they can pre-order the Blue Meanie in any future Bone Crushing Wrestler releases. Absolutely. So you can check out Figure Collections eBay store at figurecollections.com backslash store. You can check out uh, the Bone Crushing line at shop.figurecollections.com as well as the other Chella Retro Megastars figures. Uh, You can check me out on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash figure collections where I do action figure history and do unboxings here and there. Um, And uh, I think that's pretty much everything, right? Oh, and then uh, social media too. Instagram (laughs) figure underscore collections. There you go. Awesome. And we'll have, we'll have links for all of that when we make some announcements about this episode. And thank you so much, Jack. It was genuinely a joy talking to you. What I love about this, because I'm not the, as Ben said, I'm not the biggest figure guy, but I love talking to people who are doing things they're passionate about. And it's awesome hearing someone else that I, because I've known Ben forever now, someone else who's as passionate as, as deep into this and has just like such a drive to make sure that everyone finds out about it. Yeah, I, I think it's been great. And I, like I said before, we all have the same mission in mind as far as uh, we just want these toys to be a hit. And uh, it seems like you guys are, uh, um, you know, on common ground with all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hopefully I keep running into more people like you. It'll tell me that the line's going to be success. <laughs> there we go. Hey, one last thing, Jack. What's the name of one person who under no circumstances will ever be part of the bone crushing line? Ooh, I hate to throw anybody under the bus, but uh, Vince Russo. Okay, great. <laughs> so now I'm going to edit this and drop in that the sixth figure is Vince Russo. So, we got the line. Uh, thank you we for got that. It. We got the line. We got the loud audio. This whole podcast <laughs> was just for that line. <laughs> oh, man, what a rib. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jack, so much. Thanks, Jack. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. It was fun.